0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Up next, the latest on the K-State Wildcats from the guys of 3Maw. John Kurtz, Derek Young, and Cole Manbeck, who will get you caught up on all things Wildcats from a collective perspective that can't be found anywhere else. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. 3 is proudly presented by 360 Vodka. And now, let's begin the show.
2: Hello and welcome to another 3 ma. I am John Kurtz, joined by the entire crew today. I've got Cole Manbeck, former B writer for the Manhattan Mercury, Derek Young, current owner and czar, whatever. I don't know if owner's even the right title, whatever. Derek, I'm just going to call you the czar of K-State's on three sites, uh, K-State Online. DY is excited today. He's uh, about to go on a trip to New York. He's drinking out of an iHeart New York mug. I mean, the vibes are, are pretty immaculate this morning, uh, I would say. And we're going to we're going to talk some actual football. Like, we're going to talk about the football season coming up, not uh, not conference realignment, not recruiting. We're going to talk about tangible football and where K State sits. Has the hype grown a little bit too much for this team? Do we think they're going over? And then we'll, we'll hit some over unders for the rest of the league. Uh, but before we do that, you guys know uh, we got to tell you how to get your drink on, my friends. This summer, make sure that you're getting out to uh, get your 360 vodka, your Ben Holiday bottled in Bond Bourbon. And support Holiday Distillery. Great K-State folks who support us. And uh, we would highly encourage you to go out. Whether whether you are a vodka drinker or a bourbon drinker, they've got you covered. Either way, 360 Vodka, Ben Holiday Bottled in Bond Bourbon. We appreciate their support as well. And very cool event to tell you about here off the top two: Tacos and Bourbon Golf Tournament coming up on July 29th at Sunflower Hills Golf Course in Bonner Springs. Speaking of holiday distillery, they are the sponsors of this great event, uh, drinks and food provided at this golf tournament, Um, holiday distillery, Mission Taco, and I love Mission Taco. Mission Taco is going to be there, prizes, giveaway, silent auction, and you'll even have a chance to win a million dollars if you can uh, sink a hole in one. So there's going to be a lot happening here. I know that uh, that would not be me. Those of you who are much more gifted golfers out there might have a shot at that. Link in the description, so if you want more information on that to, uh, once again, support Holiday Distillery, but have a great time on July 29th at Sunflower Hills Golf Course in Bonner Springs, link in the description, or you can contact Christian Gumminger at kcsnfoundation at gmail.com. So kcsnfoundation at gmail.com, or link in the description if you want more information on that golf tournament. Uh, Okay, I want to start the discussion with this, because we were kind of texting about this last night. I was like, man, you know, I, I see more and more positive pub out there for, for this Case team this year, which it's funny how everything works. Last year was probably the team that deserved this sort of adoration and praise in the offseason, but everybody hadn't quite woke it up yet, had not seen Chris Kleiman go out and do it. Now they have, so there's a lot more belief in this team. But, for instance, I saw Shay and Jay Uriah from uh, CBS Sports pick Case State to go 10-2 and 2 when he picked every game throughout the Big 12 schedule uh, the other day. Seen a lot of people like a K State Texas Big Twelve Championship game right now, and I, look, I'm all I'm on board for it. The schedule is more manageable this year on paper. I, I, I love Will Howard. I think he's been underrated, and I want to talk more about that later on in the show as well. And I trust his coaching staff, but I, I was thinking more like eight to nine win sort of a team, and now it feels like the further we get into the offseason, there's a little more leaning toward maybe even the ten win. Uh, K-State team this year. So I don't Derek, where are you at on, on how the reality of this team matches up with what the the hype and expectation is for this team at the moment?
3: Initially I thought that this team was probably and I don't mean this as as a bad thing, but it was probably getting a tad bit too too much respect just because I think I was kind of comparing it relative to what we heard this time last year from you know last season's team, which probably had a bit more star power. Uh but then again they were I mean, now that I reflect on it a little bit, they were kind of the darling last off season too. Once it got to I think what the end of July or end of June started to really get closer towards Big Twelve Media Days, I think people were starting to open up their eyes a little bit more on Kansas State. Um, although I don't think that they were completely off maybe like a Texas Oklahoma Big Twelve title game, which I think everyone just naturally predicts every season. But the the deeper we get into this offseason Actually, the more I do like this Kansas State team. I guess I will say that. Um, and that I probably wasn't giving them enough respect right off the bat. Because if you compare the, the two clubs, and you, you shouldn't do that because every team's going to be different. But even after adding Adrian Martinez last last year, I think you're entering this year with probably more certainty at quarterback. Or at least a little bit more comfort. Because there were still a lot of unknown when it came to Adrian Martinez. Um. I still worry a little bit about the skill position players. I think they're going to be really, really good in the backfield. I just worry about everything else on offense, um, like wide receiver, obviously. But you got Ben Sinnott, a known commodity now at tight end that you didn't have this time last year. You have an entire offensive line coming back, plus Taylor Portier, so it's almost like having six starters, uh, so to speak. Uh, The defense, here's what I say, what will determine – Whether Kansas State can reach those upper echelons that people are predicting. And Tim Fitzgerald, go PowerCat, had him 11 and three. So that's another one. But but what will dictate whether they can reach those upper echelon numbers is if they can continue to, I guess, backfill the secondary like they have the last two years. If they do that a third year in a row, I really like where they are. Um, You got to see a little bit more, kind of got to see it a little bit out of the defensive line. But I think they'll probably be able to pull something off there, and especially with Khalid Duke moving back.
2: I'll I'll throw this in, Derek, because I heard you mention just a second ago, like, hey, K-State did start to become kind of a – I would say they were a dark horse last year. They were like a popular dark horse for the Big 12 last year. They were getting like the Texas Tech treatment that Texas Tech is getting this offseason. It was K-State last year. This year it's Texas Tech. Frankly, I mean, more on the Red Raiders, I suppose, later on, but – That's been the pattern the last few years. Baylor and K-State both took huge jumps into the Big 12 championship game, and Tech is getting that sort of treatment. But this year, Cole, it's felt more like established, like this is one of the two teams that should make it to the Big 12 championship game, as opposed to, hey, here's this more under-the-radar team that we really like that could make a jump.
4: I think a lot of it has to do with Will Auer, John. I mean, because you look at Adrian Martinez last year, there were just a lot of skeptics and doubters still heading into the season. Could he stay healthy? Would he turn over a new leaf at Kansas state, take care of the football? And so there were question marks around that. And then who was behind him at the quarterback position heading into last season this year, you have Will Howard, who's obviously a very experienced quarterback now. And we've seen enough of a sample size, I believe to think that he's going to be very good uh, in this system. Now entering year four with Colin Klein at the helm of the offensive coordinator. Uh, I I think it all goes back to that, and this coaching staff, and the continuity that they have, and the relationships that they have. I think they have a great system and set up in place. And so, yeah, I, I think the the eight and a half win number with that DraftKings, uh, our friends at DraftKings, have set the over under at is the highest number that has ever been put out there for K State football since they started doing this. I mean, I went back to like 2010 or 2009. Um, And I couldn't find a higher number. I believe the next highest number was eight. And I want to say it was like 2013 or 14 season. And so, you know, people love this K-State team. And I know K-State fans like to play the underdog. They're doubting us type of role. A lot of K-State fans do. And I want to speak for all of them. Uh, And so they get a little nervous when you start seeing the hype around the program and people projecting them to potentially compete for the Big 12 championship back-to-back years. But I wouldn't be afraid of that. I I think Kansas State and Chris Kleinman have this program ready to roll again. And with Will Howard at the helm, a returning offensive line, all five starters, plus Taylor Portier that D.Y. mentioned, Joe Klanderman, a defensive coordinator that I have incredible trust in, I think this football team is going to be right there at the doorstep of Arlington once again competing for a Big 12 championship.
2: Well, look, and I I agree with you. I I do think they're going to be right there. It's going to be a matter of a game or two, a swing or two, maybe an injury or two. Um, that that is going to determine whether or not they do get there. So, Uh, But I wanted to read you guys this. uh, I I would guess many people have seen this by now. But I always love the Athlon. One of the things that they do do that you get out of them that's pretty good is is an anonymous quote from a coach in the league about each team. So here is the one about K-State, which, I mean, you guys know I'm going to love this because they're smart and physical and one of the most complete teams in this league. They can take a philosophy like Campbell's at Iowa State, developmental program, mental discipline, tight family culture, and make it work at a higher level more often. I mean, insert your LOLs here. I'll give everybody time to do that. Um, now that you're done laughing, they won't be as good without Deuce. Uh, he was more important to them than Bijan was at Texas. That guy could ball out. They're still very good defensively, and their offensive line is really good. They're an O-line program. Show, don't tell. And they'll fight you to start a game and set the tone. Uh, thoughts, reaction, D.Y., to, uh, to that quote and that assessment from a, a coach in the league?
3: That's probably as good of a way to describe a Chris climbing coach Kansas state team that I could come up with. He, he said it in a lot better words and probably a little bit more succinct than I could. Uh, and I agree on the Deuce Lawn part too. Uh, those are different teams, but I think that is correct. Uh, that doesn't mean that they can't have success after him, but he was that important and that critical to how Kansas state did things. Cause even when he wasn't touching it, they were using him as a decoy so others could touch it. So he was playing a considerable role in nearly every snap. At, and at his stature, that was more than impressive. Now, I think that you're not going to exactly duplicate what Deuce Bond provided every game. But I think you're going to get strong contributions from both Treshawn Ward and DJ Giddens. Toward the backfield still probably going to be an asset. For, for Kansas State, the question mark will be do they get enough from the receivers? Uh, that's are they dependable enough? Um, and it helps that Phil Brooks returned. I know he's not an ex, super explosive dynamic player, but a guy that is kind of reliable and dependable. Um, because you don't know if you're going to get that from anyone else. Keegan Johnson has a high end potential, um, high expectations from him. So him reaching that is probably going to be pretty. You know, dependent, they'll be pretty dependent on that. But unlike those other iterations that did have Deuce Bond being, you know, 90% of the offense, so to speak, you do have a quarterback ready to take the bull by the horns and Will Howard. And you do have a tight end that might be the best one in the league as well, Ben Sennett.
4: Yeah, and, and on the running back front, real quick, I had pulled the numbers of the top two expected returning running backs or running backs in the, the rotation for each of the 14 Big 12 teams. I did this about a month ago. And Trayshawn Ward and DJ Giddens were probably the second best duo in terms of proven production from last season heading into this season. Those two combined last year for 184 carries, 1,146 yards, and 6.2 yards per carry. Treshawn Ward at Florida State, DJ Giddens at K-State, and the 6.2 yards per carry was the second highest number out of returning backs in the Big 12 out of the combined top two. Only behind UCF's Harvey and Richardson at 6.8 yards, so a very talented duo. Now the question becomes: Like DJ did that a lot, right? And kind of mop up time or when defenses were worn down, but I think he's ready to go, and I think Trayshawn Ward is the perfect mix um, of explosive running back and doing it at a high level at Florida State uh, to kind of be that. I know it's overused thunder and lightning duo that they they have here at K State with the returning offensive line. I really like that, and to me. You know Ben Sennett is a huge piece of the puzzle and they really figured out how to use him last year and also Keegan Johnson. I mean, at DYU mentioned, I think Keegan Johnson's the key to taking this offense to the next level because I think he has the potential to be an elite type wide receiver if he can stay healthy.
2: Yeah, I think the formula would be like Keegan Johnson's got to take over your Malik Knowles role, your Malik Malik Knowles uh, sort of production and then Phillip Brooks is is obviously still there Phillip Brooks Phillip Brooks I guess one thing I would submit that actually is an underrated loss from the offense last year is just Kate Warner because he turned into such a dependable receiver and pretty savvy and I that that would be you know the question about like is R.J. Garcia ready to step into a role where he's going to provide you that sort of level of production Uh, how are are you feeling on R.J. right now D.Y. yeah well I mean you
3: gotta kind of see it to believe it I think I mean those two receivers are what we know. We don't really know what's behind those. you you expect that next group to consist of RJ Garcia, Jaden Jackson, um, Xavier Lloyd, Erwin Nash, maybe if a true freshman comes through Seth Porter. So it's, it's the question mark comes after those first two guys, Keegan Johnson and Phillip Brooks. Um, You'd like to think that RJ Garcia is ready to kind of emerge. But We've only seen it in small doses, although one was pretty good when he won when when he won when he caught the the touchdown in the Big Twelve Championship game.
2: That provided you some hope for it for sure. Um on Will Howard, real quick, to kind of put a ball on this opening discussion about the team. He's another one where I, I feel like, yes, in general, a lot of the respect with the eight and a half over under total, people picking them to go back to the Big Twelve Championship game has to do with just how lights out, how good he was. Um, I mean, those numbers, like points for efficiency numbers, points for drive when he was the quarterback of K-State last year were about as good as anybody in the country, and I feel like that is uh, fairly underrated. But then, I don't know, if you're seeing like first-team all-Big 12 quarterback thrown out there, if you're seeing Big 12 offensive player of the year, preseason speculation, Heisman watch, like things like that, I, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of buzz from Will Howard and he would be behind, I would say, if we're, if we're talking about Buzz, he's behind Dylan Gabriel, he's behind Quinn Ewers, he's behind Jalen Daniels, um, as far as the conference goes right now, which I don't I don't think that's totally fair, man. I still feel like, and, and this may be a good thing for, for the team and the psyche and where everybody's at, but I still feel like Will Howard is being slept on a bit, uh, both regionally and nationally, quite frankly.
3: I think that's probably fair. I think... I just have all those kind of guys on the same tier, so, and and that's probably unfair because Will Howard has proven production. Quinn Yours had good numbers, but he sputtered in moments, obviously as well, and hasn't really hit that peak that everyone expected from him, at least not yet. Dylan Gabriel was injured on and off. Jalen Daniels was injured, and um, yeah, it's hard because I think they've all had their moments. But you can't argue that Will Howard was probably the more consistent, reliable, uh, productive winner out of the four. So if you want to just rely on that, then he's probably getting disrespected. But there's a chance you know, that Quinn Ewers just lights it up and becomes the best quarterback in college football, too. So I think you got to keep that in mind.
4: It'll be interesting to see where Will Howard and the quarterbacks fall on the All-Big 12 team when that comes out over the next couple of weeks. Where will he be? Where will Jalen Daniels be? Quinn Ewers? Tyler Shuck? I mean, he, he got a lot of hype uh, after last season as well, a Texas Tech quarterback who was announced as the starting quarterback returning here in 2023 for the Red Raiders. So I'll be really interested to see if Will Howard's first, second team, all Big 12, I don't even know if they do a preseason second team, D.Y. or John, but I don't think they do. Last year they didn't. So th- that'll be uh, one to follow um, for sure. So that uh, that's something to certainly monitor.
3: Jalen yeah. Daniels got it last year, I think after the season, which, or no, he was second team. Right?
2: Second. Well, he got second team, which we were all, I mean, the numbers would say that was pretty, pretty stupid, especially if you're talking about big 12 play, which, you know, is that that's a, one of the other things that annoys me, like, yes, Jalen Daniels was hurt quite a bit. Jalen Daniels is also very pedestrian uh, for a lot of the big 12 season after that West Virginia game at the beginning of the year, lit it up in the non-con. I get it. And he's, he's a really good player, but um Came back down to earth for a lot of Big Twelve play when he was actually out there. I would say, I mean, my expectation would be that your preseason All Big Twelve quarterback is either going to be Daniels or Ewers. I, I don't. Everybody with me on that? I don't think there's any way it's it's anybody other than those two.
3: I think it's going to be Gabriel or Ewers. You do think Why, it's going it's to be Gabriel? Gabriel or Ewers? I think it's one of those two. Because I, I mean, Dylan Gabriel still brings a lot of name recognition, and he was the, I think he was the first team quarterback last year. So yeah.
4: Yeah, and John, you you mentioned the numbers. I mean, Will Howard played in five regular season games last year, and in those five games, he produced 195 points on 50 drives, which is an average of 3.9 points per drive. I think the number one team in the country last year averaged right around 3.9 points per drive on the season. So, you know, he was obviously terrific. Uh, Jalen Daniels, the last four Big 12 games last year, uh, 14 points on 10 drives versus... uh, I can't remember who that was. Oh, against Iowa State, then against TCU before the injury. They'd scored three points on five drives against Texas, 14 points on nine drives in K-State, 27 points on 11 drives. So, you know, Daniel's really struggled down the stretch. The one hesitant point that I would make on Will Howard, and I fully believe in Will Howard. I think he's going to have a great season. But if you look at the defenses he went up against in those five games, not one of them was in the top 50 in points per drive allowed. And it included Baylor, number 98 in the country, West Virginia, number 119, and KU 127th in points per drive allowed. So he did go up against some defenses that were not as good. Jalen Daniels went up against better defenses. But again, I fully trust in Will Howard and think he's going to have a great year.
2: Yeah, it makes for a great discussion. It makes yeah. for a great discussion. I don't know, D.Y., D- I guess it just seems to me like Jalen Daniels is a pretty big media darling and, and with with good reason. Um, I think people are kind of looking for a reason to to put him as the first team All Big 12 quarterback, but hey, we'll see. Uh, you were honestly, I I think I believe in Jalen Daniels more than I do Quinn Ewers. Like I don't Quinn Ewers, Texas thing. We'll get to Texas because we're about to do Big 12 over unders here, uh, starting with K State, and we'll do that right after this break. Thanks for
1: listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store
0: or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
2: All right, let's start the trip through the uh, Big Twelve win total over unders again from DraftKings here this year. We'll we'll start the bidding at K State eight and a half. I would imagine that we're all going to be leaning over here on this. I would characterize mine as a lean. I will lean over uh, and and think about this as like a nine win team. Um, but Derek, is that is that crazy? Where are you at? Should it be should I be more confident in the the over here than just a lean?
3: No, I, I think Lane's fair, but you, I'm just looking at the schedule. Here's the, they have a kind schedule. I mean, yeah. that's a little bit different than uh, what we're accustomed to seeing. Um, I thought maybe they would get a tougher draw, but your seven home games are well within reasonable. I mean, it's it's to the point where if they weren't seven and no at home, I'd probably be a little disappointed. TCU is going to be tough, but outside of that, Houston, UCF, Iowa State, Baylor, Southeast Missouri, and Troy. So I think, I mean, seven and zero at home is probably the uh, what you have to get to. And beyond that, then you go beat, you know, maybe Missouri. I don't know. I think it's they have an easier path to nine wins than a lot of teams in the Big 12. So I would definitely go over.
4: So, so here's where I'm at I'm going to go over. And I think this team will be in the big 12 championship. Once again, I'm putting it out there right now. We did it last year. But what I would say is, is I disagree with you guys on the schedule. I I actually don't think it's very easy. First of all, they play two bowl teams and the non con Troy went 12 and two last year. They return on a ton on defense. They had the number 10 defense in the country last year. They were ranked 19th in the last poll to end the season uh they have a good coach a good program there missouri obviously went to a bowl southeast missouri state's a top 10 fcs team in the projections I'm not saying they're going to lose that game but when you look at the big 12 number you know you got to go to texas and you got to go to texas tech which are two of the top teams in the big 12 with the hype that tech is getting this year really the only team you dodge out of the top seven or eight and the over under win totals in the big 12 is oklahoma everybody else you play tcu K-State has the third highest win total of the over-under at 8.5, and and then TCU is fourth at 7.5. You got to play Texas, which is number one at 9.5. You play Texas Tech at 7.5, Baylor at 7.5, Oklahoma State, KU each at 6.5. So to me, you didn't really dodge many bullets outside of Oklahoma. You don't get West Virginia, who might be the worst team in the Big 12. So I think it's a pretty difficult schedule still, guys. Now, I agree with your point, D.Y. I think they have a great shot to go undefeated at home and go 7-0 and there. That, that I love that portion of it because I think TCU is probably going to be your most hyped matchup and everything else is, is very winnable, and I, I certainly think they'll beat TCU. If there's a chance, guys, not to get too off topic, but if you look at TCU's schedule, and I don't really buy that much into this year's TCU team, but it's very easy to start the year, there's a very good chance TCU comes to Manhattan 7-0. and
3: yeah, well, here's here's another way I would look at it the, when I say that the schedule's kind. Like I said, the 7-0 home is pretty doable, but you basically play two games kind of in your backyard, so to speak. It's what it feels like to me because of KU in Missouri. So you really only leave town or the state or, or that little area three times. Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State. That makes your road schedule so doable because you're really not making these monster road trips like usually. They're usually up four or five that you're taking, like, you know, you're at least a seven hour drive, so to speak. Obviously, they don't drive. There's only three of those. And it's very likely, I think, you're 4 0 when you go to Stillwater on Friday night. And that's going to be an Oklahoma State team. It's probably down more than usual. So, as Kansas State and Texas Tech undefeated when they play each other in Lubbock, I don't know.
2: I would just say on the schedule, I, my thought Cole with it had been more, and it's I it shouldn't, especially in context of this discussion, gloss over the the non-con. I think the non-con is tricky. I think yeah. it's tricky more than it is tough. Um, Mizzou, I mean, you guys know my thoughts on Mizzou. I mean, I think I think that's a game that you definitely should win, but it is a road trip um, at uh, at a power five school. I mean, Troy is the one that, like, that's... You circle that, especially with Kleiman's history um, and and how they, like, had the Arkansas State game, for instance, a couple of years ago. You worry about that with what they are. But the conference schedule I just looked at and was like, look, I mean, you just have so many manageable home games. Like, UCF, I mean, I I think they're probably the most well-positioned of any of the four coming in right now, at least for this year. But that should be very manageable. TCU, yeah, I think they're going to take a bit of a step back. I think that should be manageable. Then, like, Houston, Baylor, Iowa State. I mean, just incredibly manageable home games texas you know be tough at oklahoma state has been a a house of horrors for k-state but um oklahoma states hard to figure out and they seem like they're uh probably going to be down a bit so i don't know it just it it feels to me like a lot of this is very very manageable i I wouldn't call it easy i just think it's a pretty relatively manageable uh schedule for k-state this year but i i do i do see the point that you're making there all right let's start with uh we will go with these are the order that i have them in i have them in order of not alphabetical but highest win total so we're going to start at the top here texas nine and a half uh over under nine and a half i mean look each of the last 13 years if you would have taken the under on texas over under nine and a half you would have been correct this this to me just feels like it's like picking kansas to win the league in basketball if you don't do it you're you're an idiot like you, you play the numbers play history And history would tell you go under on nine and a half. I don't care how much talent Texas has. How many times in the last 13 years could we have said, man, this roster is most talented in the league. And if everything comes together, they could really take off. Um, I'm just, I'm not going to buy it until I actually see it. from Texas. I
3: mean, that's fair. But Sarkeesian has been kind of building for this crescendo that shouldn't fold this season. So this will be the real barometer for them under him, in my opinion. Now, I know they have to go to Alabama in the non-conference, but we'll go back to this imbalanced schedule. If Texas takes care of business at home, they got a real chance because their road schedule's pretty... I mean, aside... You obviously get the neutral game with Oklahoma, so that's not really a road game. So your road games are Baylor, Houston, TCU, and Iowa State. I mean, that's a really manageable road schedule in the Big 12. Um, So if they just, you know, play... You know their best ball at home. That, that's a really easy route, I think, to uh, to uh, obviously Arlington.
2: I uh, November eighteenth on the road in Ames. Right, good luck. Have fun. We'll see. Yeah,
3: I mean, I, just on paper, that road schedule.
4: <laughs> yep. No, I would agree with that I, I I think I got Texas going over though, guys. I mean, I, I think the Alabama game is really the the only loss that I project I, I shouldn't say only loss I project only surefire thing that I think they're going to lose and like Dy said outside of that Oklahoma on a neutral field as always that that's the only one that really concerns me they get K State and Texas Tech at home so um yeah I, I don't know I don't I don't really see many I think that's a 10-win team probably at Texas
3: you know how many you know how many times they lead the state of Texas this year Kurtz
2: um, I mean, I'm sure it's like once or twice at right? Houston at Baylor, yeah. Twice,
3: it's Alabama and Iowa State. That's it.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. I know. I mean, but what does that really mean? I, I get that that's like a kitschy fun thing to say, and we we use that a lot with people. Like TCU, you guys. I mean, they TCU's kind of owned that. Like Gary Patterson, at least owned them, and then they won last year in that really hyped game. And I'm I, I think you guys are giving too much respect to Texas there, and too much respect to them going on the road playing teams like TCU and Iowa State. I, I, they'll 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 screw it up, man. I mean, they, I got, did we watch Quinn Ewers go 19 for 49 in Stillwater last year against an awful Oklahoma State team? I, I saw it. I watched it. I remember it. And that was Sark not giving the ball to Bijan. Like I don't. You can say what you will about him. I good offensive coordinator. I don't think he's a great head coach. So I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be under on Texas there. Now, I'm going to say the same thing with Oklahoma at nine and a half, although that one, you know, I mean, I kind of teeter on that. Like, it, I I don't know. I believe more, as crazy as this sounds, and Brent Venable's taking a jump up to 10 wins this year than I do Texas actually living up to the hype um, just because I think there's a little bit more uh, cattle as opposed to hat. You know, Texas, like, all hat, no cattle. Um, I think there's at least a little bit more to that for Oklahoma. Uh, but I would still, I think Oklahoma and Texas are like 9 nine-ish win teams too. So I'm gonna I'm gonna he- go under slightly here, lean under for Oklahoma. In
3: general, I want to go under on Oklahoma because I don't believe in Brent Venables as head coach. I would believe in Sarkeesian even more than Venables. But man, Oklahoma—they get three of the four new teams, and West Virginia, and obviously a down Oklahoma State team. I mean that they they play Cincinnati, Kansas, UCF, West Virginia, and BYU. That like. They'd play a lot of the easier teams in
2: a big twelve
4: I think yeah, that's you know what, you know what, DY? Yeah, let me just
2: change mine to a lean over. Let's go Oklahoma ten
4: and two. I'll take Oklahoma ten and two. I think the game in Lawrence will be interesting with Oklahoma and KU. Um, I I would if I look strictly at the schedule and think of Oklahoma, the brand, I take the over of nine and a half, but then I look at the head coach of Oklahoma and Brent Venables and I definitely take the under.
3: The, yeah, we're all the same. Like uh, it, 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 Oklahoma last year, and what we think of Venables moving forward. I, eh, then we look at that schedule. and are like, what the
2: heck is this?
4: My my play on the under is strictly Brent Venables being in over his head and being a disaster. As uh, no no personal biases there at all. No, no personal sir, personal no sir, personal no. Personal I have tremendous respect for him. Right defensive mind.
3: It's uh, interesting too. They play SMU. That is interesting. SMU's got some
2: dudes. You sound like uh Some like SMU's message boards right now that are uh, convinced that they're going to come in and rule the the Pac-12. TCU over under uh, seven and a half. Seven and a half. They had a really nice portal year and Chandler Morris was supposed to be the starter last year uh, before Duggan took that thing over. I don't know. What are you feeling on TCU, DUI?
3: I think that's a, in general, I wouldn't bet that. I'll put it that way. I, I will probably lean over, but I don't know that they're a better... I mean, they're not as good as they were last year. I don't know. It's hard to put a a grade on them because they're going to have a lot of players playing and that were transfers that have a lot of name power or a higher ranking to them that didn't do anything at their previous stop. So it's all projections. So it's hard to know what to expect from TCU. But you'll get to you know, bet your Colorado Buffaloes against them in game one again this year if you want.
4: Yeah, John, stay stay clear of that. I think it's like a 21-point line. Don't get tempted into that. Um, uh, So TCU start to the schedule, home against Colorado, home against Nichols State, at Houston, home against SMU versus West Virginia in Fort Worth, at Iowa State, BYU at home. Like, I read that to you. Like, there is a – I'm not a huge believer in this TCU team, but then they go to K-State after that. There's a very good shot that they already have seven wins after their first seven games and come to Manhattan 7-0, which would would be great because it would be a really hype atmosphere and TCU would probably be coming in with a a top 15 ranking next to their name, top 10 ranking perhaps just because of that. But then TCU concludes with at K-State, at Texas Tech, home against Texas, home against Baylor, home at, at Oklahoma. So it's murderer's row down the stretch. I will... I'll lean to taking the over of the seven and a half, just because I think they're I think there's such a good chance they go seven and oh and then they'll win one of those games on the back half.
3: I think I would go under because I I bet they get tripped up in one of those first seven and then lose at least four of those last.
2: I could see a a major regression coming for TCU, but I'm going to, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and just uh, bump that just slightly over, but I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel super confident about betting. And by the way, that, that game in uh in Manhattan, Cole. I know you're gonna have to be ready with like uh, uh some diet Coke bottles or something, because you can't you can't retaliate with uh, beer, unfortunately. Like uh like what you got hit with in yeah. last year.
4: Maybe maybe some of the fireball things I typically sneak in. Oh, I mean, don't uh, you didn't hear that K State?
2: Okay, there you go, there you go. All right, we've got more over unders to come. Let's uh slip in another break. We'll uh we'll finish the over unders coming up next.
1: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
2: All right, here is uh, your dark horse darling this year, Texas Tech at uh, seven and a half. That to me feels like uh, I'm, I'm going to take the over on that, man. I, there's There's a lot of reason, I think, to believe in Texas Tech right now. They've got some pretty good quarterback play returning, albeit guys that have been hurt uh, throughout their career. But I like a lot of the momentum with Joey Maguire. Vibes are good right now. It looks like they're about to lock down a five star receiver over Texas right now on the recruiting trail. Like there's just a lot pushing in that direction for Texas Tech. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Tech to win here tonight.
3: Yeah, I'd probably lean over because again, it's the schedule. They play UC UCF. Houston and BYU, the three, of the four newcomer teams, and they get West Virginia, KU. So they're playing the right teams to go over seven and a half. I just hope that it doesn't become dependent on, you know, going two in a row against Texas or defeating Oregon in the non-con.
4: Yeah, I mean they get they get UCF, Houston, and BYU at you know on their schedule, which are three of the teams that are projected to not make a bowl. Uh, I think UCF actually. Is probably at six and a half on the over/under, so they, they have a good chance they make a bowl. But the big big non-con game at home in Lubbock against Oregon will, will largely dictate that number as well, and there'll be a lot of buzz around that. And if they win, the hype will only get grow for for Texas Tech. I'll take the over, but Tyler Shuck's health is going to be a concern. And can Baron Morton, who played some as a freshman last year, can he stay healthy? He got banged up as the year went on. Tyler Shuck broke his collarbone back-to-back seasons. So, hopefully for his sake, he doesn't break it for a third consecutive year. But he's a big piece to their offense and a lot of the hype that's coming in around Texas Tech heading into this season at quarterback.
2: Baylor. uh, Baylor here at 7.5. This is a tricky one for me. I mean, they took such a fall from grace last year. The defense wasn't nearly as good. And I just... I mean, they're still relying on Blake Shapen. I just... That that makes me a little bit nervous. I know that I've kind of defended him some in the past, but I I don't feel great about that. I I'm going to go under. I think on Baylor. I just don't. I'm not seeing enough to move me from what they really were last year. I'm going to need to see more from Dave. I love Dave Aranda. I really do like him, but I'm I'm feeling under right now on the Bears.
3: Yeah, I probably would feel similar. I mean, out of their first six games. They play Utah, Texas, and Texas Tech. I mean, that's pretty tough as well. So the chance you could start three and three, it's, it's hard to, I mean, the, their mental fortitude will be tested.
4: They get four of the uh, five lowest win over under teams on their schedule in the Big 12 in Iowa State, Cincinnati, Houston, and West Virginia. So they do get some of the worst teams, but I'll lean toward the under. I think they're more like a seven-win team this year. Yeah, Baylor. Baylor
2: feels to me like kind of a quintessential uh, seven-win team. Okay, Oklahoma State. This this one I think will be a little bit divisive among some in the conference. On one hand, you have that they're over under six and a half. On one hand, you have Mike Gundy, all the consistency he's put together. On the other hand, you have I mean just a wild season in the transfer portal where they lost a lot, they brought a lot back in. They had the Spencer Sanders drama. There's just been a ton going on there, but. In Oklahoma State, when we talk about manageable Big Twelve schedules, they are another one of those teams that has a pretty manageable schedule. And I still, I mean, it's it is Mike Gundy, man. It is Mike Gundy. They've got road trips to Iowa State, West Virginia, UCF, Houston. Uh, their home schedules: BYU, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, KU, K State in league play. They've got two Rummies and then a road trip to Arizona State non-league. I don't. To me, that I I'll trust Mike Gundy to get to seven and five with with that schedule.
3: Yeah, me too. I mean, blindly, I would have said under on anything when it comes to Oklahoma State, but they get all four new teams, and it's four of the last five games, too. You don't play Texas, and you get Kansas State at home.
4: Yeah, you avoid Texas, TCU, and Texas Tech. Like D.Y. said, play all four newcomers. Uh, Road games against Iowa State, West Virginia, UCF, and Houston. So four very winnable road games in Big 12 play as well. So, yeah, I... I think they're probably a seven-win type team. I'll take the slide over. By the way, I did you? I had forgotten Alan Bowman is going to be their quarterback this year. Only read it because the Athletic did a piece that he's going to slice up the three-three-five defenses in the Big Twelve, and I laughed at that headline. So, all right, Cole, Cole, do you have to get out of here? Or are you sticking around for the rest of this? I better run, guys. Uh, huh. Does that screw things up for Nick? I hope not. But uh, I got something else i have to attend to so it's great chatting with you and uh, i'll be back for the uh the next pot
2: okay this is we're so bad at, at
4: staying to a timely schedule here on the pod, but yes. yeah all right see you later guys I'll, i can't wait to hear the rest of your over under predictions when i uh I'll go listen later
2: i'm sure you're uh you're very excited about it well unfortunately uh cole is gonna miss uh he's gonna miss kansas we've got kansas next year okay Six and a half. Um, I was reading through those anonymous coach quotes that I mentioned earlier, and the anonymous coach from the Big 12 kind of put Kansas as the the biggest wild card in the discussion in the league this year. And and I could, I could agree with that to an extent. I don't know. I think they're going to be better. Um, I think they will be slightly better. We've seen improvement from this program throughout the entire uh, Lance Leipold tenure, quite obviously. Jalen Daniels, I do think, is a very good player. Although, again, to me... I mean, any of my Kansas fan friends that I chat about with this, like, I always wind up saying, like, I think Kotalnicky, the offensive coordinator, is the real star there. Like, I think Jalen Daniels is a pretty good player, but man, like, Kotalnicky is the offensive coordinator. I just love him and their scheme and the way that he is able to utilize what they have on offense. So, I think they'll be pretty good. I think the schedule is a little bit tougher this year. I'm still gonna. I think Kansas winds up like seven and five. I I think Lance Lightpole is pretty pretty damn salty. So, DY, I'm going to go 7 and 5 for KU here, which would be the over. See, they went 7 and 5 last year, but that I think no, that no, was no, 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 six, 6 and 7 last year.
3: Oh, okay, 6, okay. But to get the 7 and 5, I, I just can't I think they can be a better team than last year and have a, a the an identical or worse record, but considering the schedule that they have, they're one of the few teams that has to play both Texas and Oklahoma. They also don't miss Texas Tech. They don't miss Kansas State. They have a, you know, the Illinois game is in a weird spot. it will be a big Friday night contest for them. That might be what swings it one way or the other. I would just go under because I don't know that there is another team in the Big Twelve that has to play all four of Texas, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, and Kansas State.
2: It that is that is difficult. That is difficult. I know Illinois. eh. Illinois feels a little more flash in the panty to me. I I think Kansas will win that game,
3: perhaps. Uh, but uh, say what you will about Brett Bielma, but his teams are usually pretty consistent.
2: Yeah, I mean, I get. I don't know. I mean, I think Lance Lightpole's a better coach than Brett Bielma, and I don't know that it's particularly close.
3: Yeah. No. I mean, I would especially given what. The, yeah, I would agree. I but I think Bielma's going. He's a good enough coach, where Illinois is going to be tricky.
2: Yeah, I mean, it'll be tricky. It's an interesting game. It's a very interesting game. But I don't know. I'm I'm on the respecting uh, respecting Kansas train here. I'll, I'll take KU with the over there. We're starting to get into some of the newcomers here to get to the back half and the the lower win totals. UCF, their over-under is 6.5. I think they have the most talented roster, maybe by far, of the, the four incoming schools, like the most ready-to-go right now. They also have a coach. And Gus Malzahn, who's obviously been through the grind of an SEC schedule before, like this will be nothing new for him. Um, I think UCF will will hit that over. I think they're a bull team. Um there's probably gonna be a little bit of a, you know, I don't know if they're gonna perform to the expectations of like uh raucous UCF Twitter, very brazen uh over there in Orlando, but I think I think they'll go over that number.
3: I might go under here just because their their non-con game is not simple. They play at Boise State. So, I mean, if they trip up on that, it might be tough to get over because I don't know that I've seen a team have to play at Kansas State, at Oklahoma, and at Texas Tech. <laughs> so that's that's a tricky road slate where it's going to be hard to pull off a win there. Um, I would probably lean under on UCF just being in the first year and, and having to go to those three places in the Big 12.
2: Okay, so let's let's do it this way then. We've got... BYU's over-under is 5.5. Since he's over-under is 4.5, Houston is 4.5. Out of those three, are you taking any of those three with the over, the other three newcomers?
3: BYU, Houston, and Cincinnati. Uh, Houston's got a... I don't love Houston's schedule either. I'm largely doing it on schedule because that's really what's going to dictate a lot of this. Interestingly enough, because I think that they have enough talent that stayed, and... They were recruiting really well, and their schedule is a little bit kinder. Maybe Cincinnati can go over
2: uh, four and a half is so low. Like, I'm not high at all on the Scott Satterfield higher. Um, no. The guy was like, I think he was one game over 500 at Louisville. Um, that just seems like a weird hire and such a disappointment to go from fickle to that. But four and a half just seems so low. Like, I think that since he's got to find it, there's enough championship pedigree left over from that roster to get the five wins right like, I
3: think, yeah i mean here here, i can give you five right now and i bet this is a five you'd feel be comfortable with eastern kentucky miami ohio byu houston west virginia
2: yeah well yeah i mean i don't think it's like a guarantee i no houston west virginia i mean those are going to be toss-up type games i think but
3: um and all just, three all three BYU Houston West Virginia is on the road though that does make me a little nervous
2: yeah 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 I mean I just don't feel great about outside of UCF like I think UCF is is in okay shape the other three I, I worry about quite a bit this first year BYU I mean I got roads they're at Oklahoma State they're at TCU they're at, uh Cincinnati
3: also gets KU at home it'd be nice if they could steal one at Pitt
2: uh, BYU, BYU has Arkansas on the non-con too. Like I don't, I think I'd go under on BYU, um, Houston. I eh. mm. Oh, I don't. I think Dana Holgerson sinking that ship. I th- I don't
3: know that I would bet on it, but I think Cincinnati has the better chance to go.
2: Yeah, I guess if pressed, I would go like BYU under, Houston under, Cincinnati over, um, and then we're left with Iowa State and West Virginia, who are the two lowest uh, returners in the conference. Iowa State at five and a half uh West Virginia at four and a half. I it is this I've strayed from saying much about this because I mean we're just in the rumor stage at this point. But I don't know, man, if you're listening to like some of the rumors on the the gambling investigation at Iowa State, yeah, I mean it would make me nervous about what they're going to be this year and trying to pick a number over five and a half combined with the struggles they had last year. I mean, they overhauled the offensive staff um and it would be hard to be worse than they were offensively last year. But I think I would still go under for, for Iowa State. And West Virginia, I don't they probably have the worst roster in the Big 12, certainly at least out of all the returning schools, right?
3: Yeah, no, see, see, with Iowa State, blindly I wanted to go over, I'll be honest, because I thought that, you know, Matt Campbell, say what you will, but what they've instilled there, I thought it just they just wouldn't miss a bull game two years in a row because they're built on some of the same stuff that Kansas State is, right? So that's where I was coming from on that. But I would just stay away from it if the, the the gambling stuff turns out to be true because a few of their more important players are caught up in it, it sounds like. So the rumors aren't great there. With West Virginia, four, it's four and a half, right, for West Virginia? Yeah. I would pound that under as hard as I could because... Do you, do you know who they play in the non-con as well?
2: Uh, they probably have Pitt again, right? Yeah, and Penn State. Oh, yeah, that's right. They have the Penn State thing this year. Yeah.
3: So no, I mean, they could go two and ten.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, boy, they should have. They should have gotten rid of Neil Brown. Last and year. you got
3: to think halfway through. Maybe you, does Neil Brown get fired in season, and then it really tanks?
2: Yeah, I mean, I you know, about the only thing I can say like CJ Donaldson's really good, but. I don't know outside of that I'm not loving a whole lot there so yeah I'm 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 with you I think I would go under there poor West Virginia rough television
3: yeah. we'll go quick here yes yes no West Virginia if they win it Penn State no no du- 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 Duquesne yeah Pitt
2: nope
3: home gets Tech nope at TCU nope at Houston
2: mm-hmm. toss-up
3: Home against Oklahoma State. No. At UCF. No. Home against BYU.
2: Yes. You know what? I'll give them that. At Oklahoma. Nope.
3: Home against Cincinnati.
2: Mm, Toss-up. At Baylor. No.
3: So you have two and two toss-ups. That doesn't even get to four and a half.
2: Yeah. yeah no. Okay. Yeah. It's a good exercise there. Good exercise there. Sorry. Sorry, West Virginia. Uh, okay, well, that's our that's our look at the Big 12 for right now. Uh, we are, we're less than a month out from Big 12 media days. So, uh, you know, we're getting like kind of halfway close. I don't know, not really. I feel like this is about the most depressing time of the damn year where you're like, it feels like we should be close, but you got another like two and a half months before this thing actually gets rolling. Um, we appreciate Cole Manbeck for so graciously stopping by for the first uh, three quarters of the podcast. And uh, we appreciate Nick Springer behind the scenes as always. Thank you to Holiday Distillery. Uh, appreciate their help, as always. Support those who support us. And remember, if you want to be a part of the Tacos and Bourbon Golf Tournament uh, that Holiday Distillery is helping sponsor, along with Mission Taco, make sure that you check the link in the description. Uh, and you can also email kcsnfoundation at gmail.com if you want more information on that. It's going to do it for us here on 3 Take care. Go Cats. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you for
1: listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain, Educate, Inform KC Sports Network.